Hello, everyone. I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Nights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this, it's because you want to hear our uncensored, unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies and entertainment news. So kick back, relax, and thank you for being part of the conversation. What's up, bud? How you doing? Good. You just got back from a cruise. I did. How was it? It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. I feel burnt to shit, but <laughs> <laughs> so I look a little tanner than normal. Oh, look at you go. Yeah, look at me. Yes, yeah, looking good. Well, we have a we have a kind of a short show lined up depending on how much we talk about the last thing we talk about yeah that's fair <laughs> but uh but yeah no just a minor kind of average news week uh as per you know the labor day weekend always tends to be slow for movies mm-hmm. from everything to the box office to the news so let's go ahead and get started what do you got for us for us bud uh first one is a bit of casting news uh coming from the world of marvel uh what on this show what on this show we're gonna talk about that Crazy. uh I was a big fan of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, as as were you, I believe. Oh, yes. And one of the most delightful surprises was the return of Ben Kingsley's actor Mandarin character, Trevor Slattery. Yes. Which was out of left field, but man, he was a delight. Yes. Uh, he was also a delight in Iron Man 3. I like Iron Man 3. Fight me. I Iron also Man. like Iron Man 3. Thanks, <laughs> Shane Black. Um, a while ago on the show, we reported that Marvel Studios was developing a Wonder Man series that was being produced by the director of Shang-Chi. Yes. Uh, Wonder Man, for those who don't know in the comics, is a superhero, but an actor first. Yes. And he's a movie star. Yes. He's a movie star. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to have a show about a movie star, you might as well throw some other actors in. Ben Kingsley will be playing Trevor Slattery yes. in the Wonder Man TV show. Yes. This is very, very exciting. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit here yeah. from Variety, who broke the exclusive. Ben Kingsley is poised to reprise the role of Trevor Slattery in the upcoming Wonder Man series from Marvel Studios at Disney+. Plus. Variety has learned exclusively from sources. The show was first revealed to be in the works back in June. It will focus on Marvel's character Simon Williams, a.k.a. Wonder Man. In the comics, Williams is the son of a wealthy industrialist whose company falls on hard times due to the competition from Tony Stark's Stark Industries. Williams then accepts an offer from villain Baron Zemo that gives him his iconic superpowers, including super strength and durability. After fighting the Avengers several times, Wonder Man ultimately joined them in their ranks. So, obviously, Ben Kingsley joining the show is really exciting, but, you know, from reading that and knowing... I don't know too much about the Wonder Man character, yeah. but, man, I just want to see Zemo in more, so hopefully that happens <laughs> too. But I don't know if story-wise it would make sense. Mm-hmm. But, back to Ben Kingsley. First of all, I'm just glad that he wants to keep coming back. Yeah. Because he looks like he has a great time like playing Trevor Slattery. Because well, he also played him in that short. Oh, the, yeah, All Hail the of King. The, one of the one-shots. Yeah, 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 which they referenced in Shang-Chi, which was awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, and I love him just... You know what? If they better bring back Morris as well, <laughs> the, the little uh, chicken pig, little chicken pig thing. Yes. <laughs> Morris was great. Yeah. I'm playing dead late. <laughs> Wait, you can't hear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it's it's great. Um, I think this is great. Mm-hmm. He'll probably be like in a really minor role, just like as a because they can. And um, but I, I think it's exciting. I think it just goes to show that they always have the world building on their mind. They always know what's available to them and what makes yeah. sense. Like you said, if we're going to have a show about an actor who's superhero, might as well bring this guy in. Mm-hmm. And they might use Trevor Slattery as kind of like his way into the larger MCU. So, you know, what what are, what are your thoughts on this whole thing happening? And uh, do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, I mean, going back to like Iron Man 3 even, I, I enjoyed the twist. Yeah, that twist I, worked for me. I thought it I was really too. funny. I know it took a majority of people out of the movie. Yep. Um, and then the one shot was really funny because he's just a crazy theater actor. Yes. Which is always entertaining watch. Absolutely. And then 
he had a much larger role in Shang Chi than I was anticipating. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, like he when I thought he was just gonna have that little scene in the jail, and then he kept showing up, and I was like, you know what, this is great though. Yeah, he just became part of the story, and I'm yeah. like, all right, and it was awesome. Um, and they did leave him kind of just open ended, so I'm glad yeah. that they are setting up a return with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said before, if you're gonna have an actor show, have your Marvel actors in it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to get in too much in the weeds here, but there is another actor. By the name of Ralph Boner <laughs> from WandaVision. Dude, that would be amazing. So, you know, I think it'd be funny they, to watch a little a little would be absolute madmen if yeah. they did that. So oh I, my god. But I mean there's also a ton of actors, you know, that you've seen throughout the series. So I think there'd be fun for like there's room for a lot of cameos yeah. in that show. Um, especially going into the movie side of it, you know, all these events happen. There's probably movies about them. Yeah. Let's see the movies about them. Mm-hmm. So I think that'd be an interesting tie-in. Good choice. Good oh, yes. choice. I'm Excellent excited. Choice. Excellent choice. What do you guys think about Ben Kingsley joining the Wonder Man series coming to Disney Plus? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. Nick, what do we got next? <laughs> this next story makes me very happy. <laughs> uh, anyone who's watched the show or met me for more than five minutes knows that I'm a massive <laughs> Nicolas Cage fan. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, well, he's been having a little bit of a resurgence, which I say he never went away. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, um, Nicolas Cage is now set to star in an A24 comedy called Dream Scenario, which is being produced by Ari Aster, the director of Hereditary and Midsommar. Yes, yes. Um, this is very exciting news, like you said. I'm going to read a little bit from Deadline here, who had the exclusive. After the unbearable weight of massive talent in the upcoming Renfield, which I'm so fucking excited that for. That is the Nick Cage Dracula movie. Yes. Nicholas Cage isn't done showing off his comedic chops. As sources tell Deadline, he's set to star in the A24 film Dream Scenario. A24 is set to finance and produce the pick with Christopher Borgley directing. Unfamiliar with the person's work, but we will look into that soon. Ari Aster and Lars Nudston will be will produce under their square peg banner with Borgley also penning the script. Other than it being described as a comedy, project details are being kept under wraps. So, listen... Like you said, anything Nick Cage, I'm here for. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's going through this resurgence. He was excellent in Pig. He was excellent on Bearable Weight. I think he's going to be excellent in this. I cannot wait for Renfield. I cannot emphasize how excited yeah. I am for that. And, uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, it, it just seems like for a while there, like, people just forgot he was a good actor. Because, mm-hmm. yes, he went through, like, bankruptcy, and he, like, did a bunch of films just for the money. But he always brought his A game. Yeah. He never, like you said, here he never went away. No, and people forget that he he's an Academy Award winning actor. Like he's phenomenal. Yeah, and he's willing to do fun and crazy things. And you know the fact that people can now take him more seriously again, like they did back in the '90s and early 2000s, I think is a great thing. You know, what are your thoughts on him joining this movie? And uh, are you excited to see your boy continue killing it? Absolutely. Well, like even going back to that, like even if you look at how big he was in the nineties, he's mm-hmm. doing stuff that he wasn't doing in the nineties. Yeah. That's the nineties was just all action and rom coms mm-hmm. and stuff, and now yeah. he's getting into more like the character driven pieces. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he did go through the bankruptcy, but he's even said multiple times in interviews that like he never regretted any role that he did. Yeah. Like he wouldn't even like if he needed the money, he still needed to find an in for the role. And if you watch those movies, regardless of like critically or everything, you watch him. He's given 110%. Every like time. he he's not phoning it in at any point. Like Never. he's he's trying. Yeah. Um so that was great when like Pig came out and he was like back on with like all the awards mix and mm-hmm. unfortunately he did get uh 
uh, which was bullshit overlooked, but yeah. um, even the unbearable weight of massive talent, which was very meta on its own, but it reminded people like, oh yeah, he's Nick Cage. Yeah. Um, and I think, like I said, he's always been a little out there. And Ari Aster, you've seen these movies. That guy's got a fucked up mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, In the best possible way. And uh, there's no plot out for this yet. Dream mm-hmm. scenario. I'm assuming dreams or like wishes. Something's probably involved. And Nick Cage is going to knock it out of the park. All we it... know is that it's going to be funny. All we know is it's going to be a comedy and probably a comedy like in the drama like the intense scent where you're like, yeah. oh, this is just dark themes. That yeah, like it's a it's a twenty four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm all for it, and he's working with talent. Yeah, and I think that is great that he's getting back. You know, it's kind of like Brendan Fraser with uh, uh, Darren Aronofsky. Now it's like cool. He's getting in with the names again. Yep. I'm all about it. Yep, it's super super awesome. What yeah. do you guys think about Nick Cage joining the latest A twenty four comedy with Ari Aster producing? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. Nick, what do you got for us next? Uh, just some more casting news here. Uh, there's a movie coming out directed by Craig Gillespie. Who, who we love. Who did uh, Cruella, I, Tanya, Uh What else did he do? Do you know any more off the top of your head? He was in talks to do another thing that I don't um, remember. But yeah, no, no. Oh, oh, it's leaving me. But I'm going to look it up as you talk. He is directing a movie called Dumb Money, which is about the whole GameStop stock shortage, everything. I, I don't know too much about stocks. Everything that happened with GameStop. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, he has launched, or he has set a fantastic cast. Uh, the four main leads of the movie are going to be Paul Dano, who most recently was the Riddler in the Robert Pattinson Batman movie, who is yes. upcoming in the new Steven Spielberg movie, The, the Fablemans. Fablemans. We have Seth Rogen, who everyone knows Seth Rogen. Everyone loves Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Stan, the Winter Swoop. Sorry, Riddler. Not the Riddler. <laughs> Not the Riddler. Uh, sorry, Seb- uh, Sebastian Stan, who is, of course, the Winter Soldier. Yep. And Pete Davidson, who needs no explanation. Who is the key to our hearts. <laughs> um, are set to star in the movie. So, before I really get into yeah. it, um, Craig Gillespie directed Lars and the Real Girl, which I actually didn't know. That's the Ryan Gosling one? Yeah, with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's a funny movie. Yes, it is. And he also, he is responsible for a lot of Pam and Tommy. That's what it was. Okay, so he's worked with Sebastian Stan then, because yeah. he played Tommy and, Lee. And he was in Itania. And he was in I, Tanya. This is, yeah. Oh, uh, Seth Rogen was in uh, Pam and Tommy as well. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, I love him as a filmmaker. But, okay, I didn't know. Like, if you would have told me who should direct the GameStop movie, I would have given you a list of people. And I wouldn't have said Craig Gillespie. But when you tell me, oh, by the way, Craig Gillespie's going to do this, I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. Yep. Like, that That seems perfect. I, is a fucking great movie. Like, no one, like, people look at it like a standard, like, oh, it's just another biopic. Yeah. That movie is great. It is fantastic. And Corella had no right to be as good as it was. And it's fantastic. He he upped it. Corella could have just been a general, whatever be it. And it's a great movie. He's very stylized, which I appreciate. Yes, and he's a very talented filmmaker. And this, the moment this, I remember when this happened, it was such an awesome thing. (laughs) And like, when I heard that they were going to making a book and then a movie, I'm like, oh, this is going to be so fantastic. Yeah. I'm really fucking excited about this. And hey, we say on the show all the time, never a bad idea to add talent. Mm -hmm. And this cast fucking talented i'm gonna pull a little bit from the deadline article here after signing on to the project in april craig gillespie has lined up an all-star cast of faces familiar to the director sources tell deadline that paul dano seth rogan sebastian stan and pete davidson like you just said are on board for black bear pictures dumb money an adaptation of ben mesrick's book the anti-social network with gillespie directing rebecca anglo and lauren Blum are adapting with writer picture companies aaron Ryder and black bears teddy schwartzman and gillespie producing 
This is fucking phenomenal. Like, I, like we just said, and it's going to sound a bit repetitive, but I love Craig Gillespie as a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. I love this style of, like, this type of movie that's going to be really interesting. I wonder if they're going to do it in the style of, like, the big short. Like, I don't know, like, how they're going to do the movie. I'm very curious about it. But the story is really fascinating. For those of you that don't know the story of, like, what, what are you talking about, like, the GameStop stock thing, just look it up. It is the funniest thing of all time. Like, it is so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it it's completely legal, it worked, but then it really kind of opens your eyes to how the system is, of how they were able to, like, shut off Robin Hood and stuff. And yeah. it's just like, that's not legal. And just, like, how, like, it literally was like a... Robin Hood is a app where you yes. can... Uh, purchase stocks instead of yes, going through yes. like a, a like, larger thing and they just said hey you can't buy game stock yeah yeah and basically like they poked a hole or not poked a hole they found a hole in the system they were like let's try this out yeah and then it worked in spades and it's so crazy how that happened but yeah no this as a movie from in the hands of a talented director it's going to be great what what are your thoughts on this yeah no i i mean it, it's great i Again, I feel bad like that we didn't explain the game. It's way too complicated yeah. to try to it's, even yeah. like there's graphs and info that will explain it twenty yeah. times better than I'll, us. I'll tell you what, I'll do a quick spark notes. Yeah. Win stocks, you can actually make money on predicting that a stock will do badly. A bunch of people heard that a bunch of big stock people were gonna be betting against GameStop. Mm-hmm. So to prevent that they got together, not as like a group, but individuals just communicating through Reddit. Yeah. And they all bought GameStop and drove the stock price up, causing the people betting it to lose, to suddenly lose a bunch of money. Mm. And it was like overnight. Yeah. And it was just, it really just shook the whole structure of the stock market briefly. And it was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's crazy. But anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no, that you're here. That, that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a talented filmmaker, a great cast. I, I'm i very intrigued because I've always th- thought that Sebastian Stan was a great actor. Uh, if you look at the four photos, I think Paul Dano is the best actor. Agreed. Uh, Seth Rogen's done a lot of like dramatic work yeah. lately that's been really oh, yeah. good. Uh, so the only outlier to me is Pete Davidson, but then <laughs> I look at all four of them together, I'm like, oh yeah, this will work. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. So I'm... Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. Oh, yeah, me too. What are you guys' thoughts on that all-star cast and Craig Gillespie directing Dumb Money, the the adaptation of the GameStop stock thing? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. Nick, what's next? Um, This one kind of ties back into... It wasn't an official story, but uh, it kind of ties back into the whole King Kong, Disney+, Plus, Godzilla, Apple, and Mm -hmm. us being kind of like... Weird. There's something going on here, isn't there? Well, there is. Uh, Legendary Entertainment, who owns the rights to those characters, mm-hmm. are eyeing rival studio options now that their Warner Brother deal is over. This is very interesting. So Legendary, like Nick said, they're a huge production company. Like, very huge. Larger than the, like, average production. Godzilla and Kong stuff. Yeah, like, they're a huge, like, they also did Dune. Like, yeah. they're a huge production company. And they've been with Warner Brothers for Seb for years. And um, basically, their deal is coming to a close. Mm-hmm. And while it is possible that Warner Brothers gets them back, if they make, excuse me, if they make them an offer yeah. that they like, and hey, maybe Zaslev tries to make that happen, it is being reported that they are looking for anyone. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's not an automatic like oh let's renew. They're like no let's let's see. Who wants us? Who wants us? Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna pull from Deadline here. Legendary Entertainment is said to be eyeing a move from its on-again, off-again home at Warner Brothers as its deal with the studio expired recently, Deadline has confirmed. Sony and Paramount are said to be in the mix, with the former a front-runner. Warner Brothers also has a new deal on the table for Legendary, which is previously at Universal and before that, Warner. Reps for, Leg- reps for Legendary and Warner Brothers declined to comment, which means... It's true. It's true. <laughs> and uh, so, basically, to kind of break it down here... Um, they had a first look deal with Warner Brothers mm-hmm. where anything they made, Warner Brothers would distribute. That deal's now expired and they're looking elsewhere. Like it said, Warner Brothers can be like, hey, come on back. But you might be asking yourself, why are they trying to not immediately re-up if, you know, yeah. if they, they had a good time? Well, they didn't have a good time because like you said, they don't have the best pass with each other and where this really, really fucked legendary where they're like we might need a new home was in 2021 when they said everything is going day and date in theaters which included godzilla versus kong which included dune and a bunch of movies that they produced and part of them getting their money back revolved around those movies being in theaters oh yeah they got shafted hard on and they deal. actually sued warner brothers and they settled out of court and paid legendary like it was a huge deal and legendary doesn't want to deal with that again. Now, the reason why I think they might stick with Warner Brothers, I'm not saying this will happen. The reason why I might think they will, they, they might, I should say, is because there's new leadership now. Mm-hmm. I think if Jason Kalar and Toby Emmerich and all of them were still at Warner Brothers, they wouldn't even be looking to re-up with Warner Brothers. But the fact that David Zaslav is now there, and he's shown several times that he's completely rejecting the previous regime's philosophies, yeah. they might be more open to okay, let's see what this person, let's see what Zaslav and what the new Warner Brothers has to say about us. But they could easily go to Sony and Paramount, like Deadline says. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? I mean, it's just more interesting than anything. I don't think it's a story that's going to have big, major repercussions Mm -hmm. because they're just going to have a new home. Yeah. Uh, But I think it all makes sense, especially given that (laughs) two of the biggest movies... That were released day and date on HBO Max were both by Legendary that would have made bonkers money in theaters. And Dune won all of the Oscars. Yeah. So I could see why they were upset. But clearly there is still some relationship there since they're doing Dune 2 and everything. Uh, But, I mean, they have the right to shop around. It's just interesting because, you know, you see these studios that have been together with things for a while. Like the whole... um, Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. right? That was Warner Brothers? Yep. Yeah, that whole thing, too. So it's curious to see how Warner Brothers is handling it because it always still ties back to Warner Brothers, yep. it seems Somehow. like, with all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, just see what happens. Um, yeah. It's not like it's a bad thing. Legendary's not going away. They're still going to make the movies they're going to make. So just what app do you open to watch them? Yep, that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. So what do you guys think about Legendary potentially looking for new studio buyers as their deal with Warner Brothers expires. And do you think maybe they'll stick with Warner Brothers? Let us know in the comments as we move on to the box office. Box office. So Spider-Man No Way Home came in first in its 38th week. In its 38th week. (laughs) (laughs) This was the the re-release? The uh, re-release. The the more fun stuff version. Fuck you, Sony. With the terrible title and a bad poster. Put the goddamn deleted scenes. 
on the Blu-ray like normal people. Yeah, all that for 11 minutes yeah. of stuff that immediately Did they really think TikTok. they were going to reach the $2 billion from that? Did they honestly believe that? How close were they? I'll tell you how close they are now. Yeah. By the way, reminder, these are Sunday estimates. Right now, they're at 1.8. They thought they were going to make $200 1.89, so 100 million. No, you're not going to make that fucking money. Goddamn idiots. It's, a- it's aggravating. <laughs> um, coming in second, fucking second, was Top Gun Maverick. Get fucked, really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just don't quit. What has this box office been? All right, I'll tell you. So it's in week 15. Uh-huh. It came in second. Um, made another 4.95 Million. There might be some changing around here because mm-hmm. DC League of Super Pets is only supposed to make not much less. Like, there's a couple that are like close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Top Gun, as of now, comes in second with four with five point four nine million. Its total box office is at one point four two nine billion dollars. Coming in third, DC League of Super Pets making another five point four million dollars. Coming in fourth, Bullet Train, making another $5.4 million. But I want to say, from weekend four, from week four to week five, guess what its percentage drop was? Hmm. 4%. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, good for a Bullet Train having legs. <laughs> and it's made $196 million worldwide on a production budget of 85.9 it's made 2.3 times its budget it's so close <laughs> to profitability <laughs> maybe it'll get there we'll see and coming in fifth was the invitation um only dropping 31 percent in its second week bringing in another 4.7 million dollars its total worldwide is 18 hmm. <laughs> on a budget of what i think was 10 hmm. so it's almost at double but i just want to point out coming in 10th Making $2.3 million <laughs> was the IMAX release of Jaws, which, yes, I did see. They didn't do the mono sound, those motherfuckers. They didn't do the original mono sound? They did not. What's the point? What was the point? I watched the movie. I couldn't do it in 3D. I just couldn't do it. I don't blame you. I just went with the IMAX one. I'm like, mm, I'm good. I went with the IMAX one. Almost none of it was in the IMAX ratio. <laughs> Almost none of it. They just put it on the big screen. Yeah, but fuck it. I was there for it. What a box office top five. Dude, Labor Day is always like this. Like nothing, dude. The highest movie made $6 million. (laughs) Like Spider-Man could have, it wouldn't have made enough money to put it. It could have made a lot more if they actually, you know, promoted it. Yeah. And did stuff with it. And Top Gun just doesn't need to do anything. People are like, oh, I want to go to the movies. And they look and they're like, I guess I'll see Top Gun for the eighth time. Time. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, Or if they just would have made Spider-Man like, hey. It's a Spider-Man Morbius double feature. <laughs> that too would yes, have worked. Yes, and since the box office is kind of really low this week, I'm going to go ahead and use that as our transition to our final topic. Nick finally watched Morbius. I watched Morbius. This is the official Movie Nights Morbius <laughs> review. <laughs> so uh, I saw it when it on its opening week. I saw it opening night. <laughs> you saw it opening night. I saw it opening night. I saw it several months later on a loud deck of a cruise ship as the director intended of course yes so thoughts on morbius where to begin all right wait wait can we address one thing really quick yeah why does she pronounce it noble prize 
Right? That bothered me. <laughs> bothered me too. She called it Nobel Prize. Oh, man. It bothered me too. Also, they just assume you understand that he rejected it. Yeah. I would have liked to see him tell off the scientist. Yeah. But it because a great why scene. not? All right. I don't even know where to begin. All right. Let's start with the pros. Mm-hmm. All right. So the cons. <laughs> You know what? No, let's do pros. Let's do pros. Matt Smith tried. Matt Smith gave it his all. Yes, Matt he Smith did. showed up and he's like, You paid me, you're getting me. Yep. And he tried to do something. Yeah. Um Jared Leto's not awful. He's fine. He's fine. He's too weird for me. Yeah. Um I thought some of the action i thought the submarine or not the submarine but the boat fight was pretty cool yeah that was good mm-hmm. then it just became like a cgi nonsense yeah um dude wasn't it bothersome moving into cons wasn't yeah. it bothersome how you could tell how fucked with the movie was oh yeah oh my yeah. god like the editing especially like around the jail everything with the jail yeah i'm like we're missing like half that, this movie the cops were i didn't get them <laughs> Um, there's one Venom 2 reference. There's one Venom 2 <laughs> reference. It's a CGI mess. Yep. The editing, the story's all over. The story jumps so much. It never... Uh, by the way, I'm going to spoil a little. Um, we're going to spoil Morbius. Yeah. It never remotely attempts to establish that bats can listen to him. Oh, no. They just do at the end. And the end of the movie is... And Milo's also a vampire. They do one part where it's like they've accepted me as one of their own. Yeah, but like... The other bats can't control the other bats. Yeah. And like Milo can't. He's also a vampire. Yeah. He couldn't just push him away. Yeah. Also, they definitely ripped off the Batman Begins score when he stepped in. Oh, my God. You heard that, too. Yeah. It was the same score. I'm like, what the hell? Um, And then... I'm trying to like I'm so scattered brain on. Yeah. Okay. Pros, Matt Smith tried. Yep. The boat fight scene was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bad movie, mm-hmm. but it's not bad where it's unwatchable. Yeah. It's bad in a good time to watch it for the memes. Well, and here's the thing. Another thing I liked, yeah. I liked the idea of synthetic blood. I didn't because I felt like a cheap way to not have an R-rated movie. It was, but of all the things to come up with, yeah, it's better than the suckers in the hands from the anime. No, that series. would have been it made it better. <laughs> um, doesn't say it's Morbin time. Also, I hated the way he drank the blood. Yeah, like with the like he like double fisted yeah. like the, and I'm like, what's why is he doing that? Yeah. Um, also, Matt Smith just kind of finds him. Yeah. There was like they oh, wasted Jared Harris. Wasted him. Uh huh. Um. And again, just nothing felt coherent. Yeah. And the editing was or just cohesive. Horrible. Like the movie yeah. just didn't flow. Yeah. Something happened. Something happened to that movie. Yeah. And okay, can we can we please talk about the best parts? The post credit yeah. the post credit scenes with Vulture? Yeah. For I, no I, reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're not saying anything new that the internet's already heard, but you see the spell in the air from No Way Home and the Michael, purple spell and, with the rift. And yeah. Michael Keaton comes in, which makes no fucking sense of what they established in that movie. Not at all, but also Electro didn't know Peter Parker was Spider-Man, and he gets pulled in, so yeah. whatever. But that is more believable. Off-screen, him learning who Peter Parker yeah. is is more believable than just, oh, Doctor Strange lied about what the spell does. Yeah, because it's, la- <laughs> it's, it's lazy of, like, the, 
Oh yeah, he knew. He learned it yeah. at some point. Yeah. It's like uh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> this one, it's like, wh- why is he in a different universe? Yeah, it makes zero sense. Like it would have been more believable if he broke out of prison in the MCU, Vulture. Yeah. And then got happened to be flying by where it got sucked, and he like yeah gets pulled in. Yeah. Um, and he then, also has a new Vulture suit that's made out of apparently car parts because he didn't have the Chitari technology yeah. in that universe. I'll tell you what, I'll give him the mask. The, the mask, mask looks, looks cool. Yeah. But also just the whole prison thing, like that, you could tell that that was in the movie because it was in the trailers. Yeah. And they just chopped it up to be a post credit scene, which adds no context just to anything. Say this is this world's Vulture. Yeah. Everyone in the audience would have been like, "All right." Yeah, there's a Spider-Man, there's a Vulture. But no, they wanted to connect to the biggest movie in the world at the time. And also, then, in the other post credit scene, why does Vulture... Vulture probably knows Spider-Man has to do with it because he was probably watching the news. Yeah. Why does Morbius care? We've never established in this world that there's a Spider-Man. Not at all. So who? Did, why is he, like, intriguing? You know, you know what makes... Intriguing. Yeah, intriguing. Intriguing. You, you, know, what, <laughs> you know what makes the post credit scene the very last one? 20% better mm. is if Michael Keaton says, has something to do with Spider-Man, I think. And Morbius just says, who's Spider-Man? Who? Yeah. Much more interesting. Mm-hmm. But instead, they make us think, no, everyone knows about Spider-Man, you dumb fucks watching in the yeah. theater. And it's Does like, Venom now know that there's a Spider-Man yeah, too? Yeah, apparently where, where fucking everybody like, knows. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I guess Venom does because he watched the newscast. But Yeah, but he also got pulled into the MCU. Yeah, and then pulled back. It wasn't in his world. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that makes no sense because in in No Way Home, he gets pulled into the MCU. He's talking to the bartender and he goes, I might have to talk with this Spider-Man. Like, he says it like, I've never heard of this before. Yeah. Jesus Which, Christ. Th- that, that's fine because now it can set up that he's going to look for a Spider-Man yes. in his universe. Yes. But Morbius having no idea. Morbius being like, you're trying to wreak havoc, which also makes no sense because they tried to build him up as an anti-hero. Yeah. So why was, you know, wh- where where did this sharp villain turn yeah. happen? And same thing for Vulture. Yeah. Oh, he's just not going to care that, like, his fa- he's, his family is, yeah. go- like... Should have been an R-rated. Show me more killing. Yep. And vampire More vampire stuff. Yep. And cut out, like, 90% of that movie. And just say Vulture's from that world. Yeah. Like, that was the easiest fucking thing ever. Yeah. Nobody would have cared. Mm-hmm. No one. No one. You can make him exactly the same. Who cares? Yeah. Like characterize and everything. Yeah. But just like, oh, this is yeah. Adrian Toomes here. It, I think it's upsetting because I really like both Venom movies. <laughs> I like the second one. And and then you have Craven, which comes out in four months that has no, no marketing trailer. or trailer yep. yet. And then Madam Web is shooting. Who knows what the fuck that yeah. movie is? So I'm, I'm curious when, if and when we'll see Morbius again and if they'll manage to 180 his character a bit. Yeah. But what a movie. What a movie indeed. I, Are you happy you saw it? Yes. I, I am. I have the four K if you ever want to watch I it. I was again. just I was just more fascinated <laughs> by like every choice that was made in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More so than anything else. Yeah. Also, how much of a dick was Morbius as a kid when he goes, No, your name is Milo? Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> changes the guy's name immediately. And he accepts it forever. And Jared Harris. Referred to him as Milo several times from there. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jared Harris accepted it, too. Yeah. Why? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't know whether to go recommend or don't recommend on it. Because it is... A, listen, it is an entertaining watch. 
for sure. Maybe add some drinks. Yeah. Recommend, but with outside inhibitor. <laughs> Be drunk. I would say it's a recommend if you, you're the person who has to see all of the like Marvel, like Sony yeah. Marvel movies. Like if you're that person, recommend just because you have to. If you're not that person and you don't give a shit, don't watch don't, it. Don't watch not it. Not a recommendation. Yeah. It's like the two classes. This is like the one that's like, do you like this stuff and you just need to watch them all? Yeah. And do you know like the behind the scenes stuff like we do, like what was cut out of the yeah. movie, like yeah. Vulture being in the movie for yeah. a while. Because like in the stuff. trailers, he's in, he's being transferred from jail yeah. and he says, he sees Michael Morbius and calls him Michael Morbius. So it's like, Clearly, I think the original plan was he was just from that world, which yeah. works so much better. So, like, I, I like seeing that stuff, knowing everything that, like, just being like, why did they make this choice? Yeah. And again, the cops made no sense. I want to talk to Sony. Like, yeah. I want to talk to Andy Pascal and be like, can you please fucking explain yourself here? Yeah. <laughs> just tell me what happened. In conclusion, it's Morbin time. <laughs> fucking A. But yeah, I mean, I think that's all we had for the show today. Did you have anything else? Uh,. No, that's it, I think. <laughs> so, watch Morbius, everyone. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.